Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sorry Not Sorry Pickleball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Kelly. This week, we're going to talk about the OS First North Carolina Open on the PPA Tour. But before we get into things, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you could always get the latest episodes as well as hitting that like button. It always really helps people see more episodes on the YouTube page. Uh, Share the show with your friends. Hit that notification bell so you never miss an episode. And without further delay, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. This is the new and improved forgiveness. I just want to apologize to you again, tell you how I'm sorry I am about the mistake, and if there's anything at all I can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Come along, Howard. Time for your lobotomy. Forgiveness. I'm not sorry I took the money. All right, so... First things first, let's just talk about the thing that everybody's been talking about. Jack Sock is in the PPA Tour, which, as somebody who doesn't watch tennis, I don't know. I'm not that excited to see him. I do remember seeing him in that, like, you know, tennis pickleball mixture thing a little while back with John Isner and uh, some other players there. I think Sam Query was there. And Jack Sock definitely stood out. And I remember thinking, like, okay, if there's going to be a tennis player that comes over, this Jack Sock guy is pretty good. We'll see how he does. And, man, I got to tell you, when it came to mixed doubles, he actually did live up to the hype. Uh, The final match, uh, the gold medal match, was played on ESPN2. They actually got it onto ESPN2. I think that took everybody by surprise, but uh, definitely worth having it on the big national stage because this game was awesome. Now, the first game was a little bit sketchy for them. I got to be honest, while I was watching, I was a little bit worried. I'm like, oh my gosh, like maybe we're all going to tune into ESPN and watch Jack Sock lose, and then Pickleball will never be on ESPN again. Uh, But that wasn't the case. They ended up making it a great match. I have to say, the thing that really upset me about this, why the fuck was this two out of three games this would have been a great match to have three out of five i mean this was seriously like the best match of the weekend and we got rob short and how many people didn't even get to watch it because it was on espn you know i gotta say it's better than like cbs sports you know okay but still it's a little disappointing that this isn't on the youtube stream i'm not going to share how i was able to watch the match but let's just say i found a stream online for free uh and for legal purposes that is satire and i'm completely joking now one thing that's real clear about jack sock playing he does seem to have a bit of a weakness with his backhand as expected um you know he's a tennis player he's used to ground strokes driving so it was very obvious that they were targeting his backhand and as you can see right there he really just favors his forehand he will come around on shots uh and make sure that he's hitting it with his forehand which does lead to some open space in the middle of the court which means Anna Lee ends up covering the middle which means that she's leaving a whole other portion on the backside wide open with that being said one thing that Jack Sock does really well is hit overheads this dude has some of the most exciting overheads to watch I mean if you put one up high to Jack Sock you better watch out because he's got a rocket for an arm. I mean, he will just absolutely crush any ball that is put over his shoulders. Now, just because Jack Sock was the star of the show, don't let that fool you. Riley Newman and Elise Jones really did come out and ball very hard 
Uh, Riley Newman was bawling so hard that this ended up happening. kind of sick not gonna lie that that just goes to show like that's what it takes if you're gonna go for gold on espn you better be okay with bumping into your your partner who is a lot smaller than you and flails around the court but hey i don't know i don't know if she falls on the ground it's not like elise jones is not used to it so no big deal they shook it off so this match did not go dramaless as we'll see at the end of this match we actually had some serious words exchanged on the part of Elise Jones to Annalie Waters. Uh, as you can see, oh, we're so happy we hug. Yay, you guys are the best. Oh, all right, now watch this. Elise Jones like, yo, 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 listen, girl. And she says her thing. Annalie's like, what? I never said that. I never said that. After the game, a lot of people were wondering, like, what the heck did she say that Annalie said to her? And I actually have some insight on what may have been said to her. So I got a DM from somebody and he said that he knows what really happens. He got it from a very reliable source. I'll put the screenshot right here, right here. And uh, But I don't want to out who it is just in case, you know, I don't want to blow up his spot. But he says that when the out call got overturned in the second game, Annalie Waters called Elise a cheating bitch. So once the match was over, Elise called her out on it and said that that was the rudest thing anyone has ever called her before. I got to be honest, is that the rudest thing anybody's ever called you? Elise Jones, you must live a very nice life if that is the rudest thing ever. Not that cheating bitch is nice, but I mean, I think most of us have been called worse things in our life. Now, did Annalie say this to her? Potentially. They actually asked Annalie in the post-game press conference, which I got to say is laughable that they had these, but let's take a look at what Annalie said about the incident. I noticed there were some words exchanged between you and Elise at the end of the match. What happened? I think there was just a misunderstanding. There's a lot of noise going on, a lot of people talking, and uh, there was just kind of, you know, me and Jack talking to each other, talking to everybody, um, honestly. So a little misunderstanding. We cleared it up. But in pickleball, things can get intense during the match, but most of the time, everybody off the court can just, you know, we're good off the court, on the court. Everything, some things can get tight. I don't know. I mean, all right. I guess we'll just take your word for it. Now, here's my thing. I've just been noticing that a lot of people have been talking shit about Anna Lee, right? I mean, how could you not be upset if a 16-year-old is beating you? You know, it does seem like people are trying to assert their power over this child, um, you know. And so it's possible that maybe Elise Jones is misunderstanding and is just like, I'm going to call this little girl out. At the same time, I don't think Anna Lee is quite as innocent as some of us hope she might be. Let's rewind a little bit onto some of the things that happened earlier this weekend from Anna Lee herself. Okay, so in the first game of the quarterfinals against Anna Bright and James Ignatowicz, check out this point right here. That's a great play from Big... So I guess they're starting to say that James Ignatowicz said no at some point and distracted them. You know, they're trying to say it's hindrance, which I guess, okay, potentially. But let's watch what happens. Everything that is distracting is not a distraction. Annalie Waters currently standing 
having the conversation with our official. It's not a distraction. 15 seconds. Let's go. Already a little gamesmanship. Yep, asking for. He's like, fuck away. Technical warning, excessive arguing. A technical warning, excessive arguing. I feel like most 16 year old girls would probably get this if they played pickleball. That's just people, you know, they like to argue, you know, at that age. I don't know. Doesn't make her a bad person, but uh, she is clearly not afraid to, you know, speak her mind on stuff. And so, I don't know, if somebody's a cheating bitch, she might say it. If we also rewind to Singles Day, Annalie had a very interesting post-game interview after she played Salome Davidze. You know she's one of my favorites. Watch what Annalie Waters said after beating her. Yeah, well, I've played uh, Salami a lot recently when I play her. Uh, sorry. And um... Salami. Like the food. Ouch, what a burn, especially coming from somebody with the last name Waters, a drink. Team food versus team drink. Who you got? Anyways, I guess I'm just trying to make the point that Annalie is not like someone who's super nice and innocent. Um, not that she crossed the line in any of these things, but I don't know. I guess I, I do buy that potentially she probably said, you're a cheating bitch. And maybe she didn't mean for at least Jones to hear it. So maybe that's kind of the awkward part. But regardless, that's apparently what was said. And that's why there was some drama at the end there. You know, it's a little disappointing that that was kind of the big thing that everybody started talking about. Because there was so much great stuff from Jack Sock, not only in this final match, but throughout the weekend as well, especially in mixed doubles. So not only was Jack Sock on ESPN on Sunday, but he was also there on Friday. Because he made the top 10 for SportsCenter. That's always an honor. Check out this play right here. Jack Sock playing in his first professional pickleball tournament. And how about your first? You do that, a tweener lob and smash. Unbelievable. I mean, he's a dominant in tennis, of course, and then he goes to pickleball, dominates there too. It's not fair. That's pretty tight to watch, not gonna lie. You know, always good when pickleball is getting on Sports Center top 10. That's what's going to get more eyes on this sport for sure. So one of my favorite moments from Jack Sock's journey into pickleball definitely had to be in this semifinal match against Julian Arnold and Vivian David. Listen to what happens here. Great rally. Lots of good resets. Oh my goodness. Oh, Hit him with the Andiamo. But this time it's from Sock. He hit him with an Andiamo right in his face. Oh my gosh. Now that's intense. Good thing they won this match because if they didn't, uh, that would have been the biggest Andiamo of Julian Arnold's life at the end of it. So Jack Sock takes away gold. Oh yeah, and he was with Anna Lee Waters. I guess we care about that too. Uh, Anna Lee ends up with her fourth triple crown of the year, which means, yes, she won women's singles. You know, not really too much to speak about in this match. It's just classic, right? Annalie Waters taking home gold. Leia Jansen taking home silver. Leia Jansen is a great singles player, but she looks 
terrible when she plays against Annalie Waters. And I just don't know if it's Annalie Waters is really good or if Annalie Waters has Leia Jansen figured out or if Leia Jansen just can't figure out Annalie Waters. I don't know what it is, but it seems like the same result almost every single time. This match was a blowout. Annalie Waters won singles gold. And since, as I mentioned, Anna Lee got a triple crown, that means that she also took gold with Catherine Parento in women's doubles. I really don't think anybody expected them to lose this match. I mean, they played Stratman and Gretschkina, two really good players, but are they going to beat Catherine Parento and Anna Lee Waters in a gold medal match? I mean, I think not. Good for them for making it to the final round there, but... Yeah, I, I think we uh, we kind of knew how this one would play out. The big story everybody's talking about in women's doubles is Vivian Glosman, who partnered with Anna Bright. They ended up making it to the semifinals. Now, you're probably wondering, who the heck is Glosman? Well, she's actually old tennis partners with Anna Bright back in the college days uh, at the, what is it, the University of California, I think she played at, the Bears or something. Yeah, one of those. They were teammates. They went to college together, and Anna Bright needed a partner at the last minute, so she said, you know what? Let me call my old buddy Klausman. I'll have her come on in here. And they did fantastic. Really just goes to show you how much chemistry plays a huge role in this. And let's not take away, Klausman's a great player. She played excellent. Uh, Definitely plays like a tennis player a little bit, but she could hang in there with the Dinks for sure. The cool thing was after her performance this weekend, she actually got drafted by the Bay City Breakers, the MLP team that won the championship for the Challenger League. You know, they weren't good enough to beat Catherine Parento and Annalie Waters. I don't think anybody thought they would, but still the fact that they showed up and played real well together in the semifinal match right there. I think a lot of people got high hopes for Glossman moving forward. So it's going to be interesting to see what she can do as she progresses. Is Anna Bright going to partner with her from now on? Or is she going to partner with somebody else? I mean, it's hard to imagine that Glossman would play well with another partner other than Anna Bright. I also can't imagine that Anna Bright would want to play with, you know, somebody else and, you know, the, some of the players that she's been playing with because she's a great player and she could play with some of the bigger names out there. Uh, but maybe she prioritizes chemistry over skill level for her partner. Moving on to the men's doubles match on Sunday. We had an awesome rematch against Riley Newman, Matt Wright, playing Dylan Frazier and J.W. Johnson. This is kind of like a cool little rivalry that's brewing. And, you know, they don't like talk a ton of shit to each other. I think even if Riley Newman and Matt Wright tried to talk shit to Dylan Frazier and J.W., they probably wouldn't say much back. They would just be quiet and ball out. But anyways, they keep playing each other in these finals matches. I think we're going to see some really fun moving forward. Matt Wright and Riley Newman ended up winning and taking gold in this, but don't let that fool you. These matches were back and forth. It was hard to tell who was going to win. They won it in three games, but still, if you watch it, you'd realize that, yeah, this one could have went either way. J-Dub and Dylan Frazier, they won last tournament's men's doubles match. This one, Riley Newman and Matt Wright. We'll see who ends up taking it next time, but I think... uh, The semifinal matches between these two are going to be big time. So speaking of men's doubles matches, I want to rewind to this semifinal match between Travis Rettenmeyer, Steve Deacon, playing Riley Newman and Matt Wright. We had no paddle drama all weekend, but we did have this one little moment right here. 
Redmire wants to challenge Matt Wright's paddle. So let's listen in and see what happened. Both sides the pickleball. And now the chatter continues. Dave, also important to note as I look to the women's draw. Gretchkina and Stratman pick up. He's like, you want to just do it now? Let's just get this shit over with. I know my paddle's good. He even said after the post-game match, he's like, look, I knew my paddle was fine. It was playing fine the whole time. There was nothing to worry about. Turns out it was fine. They tested it after and it was all good. But I got to say, this gives me a lot of confidence knowing that they have these tests there. They could just run it right on site. There's no drama anymore. It's like, hey, you think there's a problem? Say something and we'll test it after the match. And then now, right after the match, they were able to just move on and nobody had to worry about it. Because, I mean, imagine they win that championship match on Sunday and then we find out the results of the paddle and let's say it was bad. Then it's like, what the fuck, man? You ended up making it to the finals and then you played with a shitty paddle. So it's nice to just know right then and there, yes, this paddle is okay. Now, what does okay mean? Well, that part's still up for debate, but at least it is okay within their rules and their numbers. I got to say too, it was very impressive that Deacon and Rettmeyer made it to the semifinals. I mean, they were ranked number 12 and they made it this far. Also, Steve Deacon is hilarious. Watch one of these post-game interviews he had after beating Big Papa Jimmy. Big Jimmy wasn't going to see too many balls. And for you, Big Jimmy, Big Daddy Stevie's back. <laughs> oh, snap. Big Daddy Stevie. We got a new Big Daddy in the house. Well, I guess he's got the Big Daddy title until our next tournament. Does that mean that we got to stop calling him Big Papa Jimmy and just call him Papa Jimmy? He's not big anymore. He's not the big. I guess he, he never said he's the biggest Papa, you know. I guess we could have Big Big Daddy, Big Papa. So Big Daddy Stevie and Big Papa Jimmy. You know, there's enough room for both of them. I like the competition here. This is good. Now, men's doubles was a little bit disappointing because we didn't have Jack Sock make it very far. He played with Tyson McGuffin. Everybody had high hopes, especially after his day in mixed doubles. But he just couldn't even make it past the beginning stages. They ended up losing very early. Uh, one of the, It was the first match on the stream. Uh, and they got beat by the 28th seed, Roddy and Dobrin. I have no idea who they are. They're just two guys that wear red. That's all I know about them. But they were able to take down Jack Sock. I don't know. Maybe Jack Sock was out partying the night before. You know, he's like, yeah, we made it to Championship Sunday. Let's rage. And then he woke up really early and, you know, just kind of fell apart there. Also, I got to say, it seems like it was really more on Tyson. He didn't really help him out too much. So is the blame to go all to Jack Sock? I don't know. I think it's fair enough to say that this is a kind of a team loss here. So not only were the fans disappointed that Jack Sock didn't make it, so was Big Papa Jimmy. Listen to what he said after beating Scarpa and Dow in one of their matches. Yeah, so we, we, we talked in between games two and three and decided that, hey, we got much uh, more power than the other team, and so we wanted to use that for our advantage. And so we were being much more aggressive, driving a lot more thirds, and James I'm was speeding, speeding it up a lot more. James, you're always looking for motivation. Yesterday, probably not your best performance on center stage with Jack Sock on the other side. Do you feel like, you know, you're coming out with a little bit of vengeance today? Uh, no, I don't think. I, I don't think I need to really look for motivation. I, uh, I'm just happy to be out here. I mean, being able to play pickleball is like, uh, it's just fun, man. I just love playing. It's unfortunate though that I wasn't, you know, because with Tyler, I think. The, 
it'd have been cool to have played Jack and, and Tyson, but uh, I think Jack just probably just tanked because he was afraid to play me in men's. <laughs> and, uh, oh shit! I think that's uh, no, no. In all serious, no. It was the it was the right move because this isn't mixed. This isn't this is real. This is men's doubles and uh, guy like Jack, you know. I mean, you see you see his recent tennis results. It's just not. Uh, I don't know if he's got it mentally. Yeah. <laughs> got a little real there at the end. Oh man, I feel like Jack Sock was probably a little hurt by that one. Moving on now to men's singles. We had a great matchup: Federico Stackstrud against Tyson McGuffin. This is a classic matchup when Ben Johns isn't there. You know, it's always a close match. But Fed is just real good at singles. I think he's like found his spot there. It's like him and Ben Johns now. And Tyson McGuffin, I, he look, he's good at singles, but. I think he's on the decline, you know? So I, I don't think we're really going to see him around in these finals matches too much longer. Uh, I kind of just hope that he focuses on doubles. I think that's where he needs to just put all his energy into because Fed's getting better, Ben Johns is getting better, Tyson McGuffin, he's kind of just really seeming like he's trying hard just to stay where he's at with this. Also a little bit disappointing because we didn't get to see Jack Sock in singles, and he actually had a pretty good singles day. But... There's something that a lot of people started noticing about the singles matches before Jack Sock. So Jack Sock had a few different matches and singles where he played great. He ended up moving on. Yeah, and as you can see, Ryan Sherry, big fan. But Jack Sock, he, he had some matches that were against players, you know, that some of us don't really know. Like, I, I don't even know who this guy is. Cusmitter? Cusmiter? I don't know. Either way, it was a little bit disappointing that Jack Sock never really got a chance to play against some of our favorite players that we see play singles. You know, at first I just thought it was like, ah, you know, I guess players just aren't playing that good, or maybe there's just some new players kind of climbing up the ranks. But then I started realizing that there was a lot of players who are really good at singles who lost the match before they played Jack Sock. So if we take a look at the results here, we could see that James Ignatowicz lost in his first match. Interesting. Uh, so he didn't even get to play Jack Sock. And then if we look down here, first off, Zane Navratil lost his first match. Dylan Frazier moved on, but then he lost the match before playing Jack Sock. So it's a little bit interesting to me that all these really good players are losing right before they were to play Jack Sock. Now, I didn't really think too much about it until Sunday came, and then we find out that Jack Sock is playing mixed doubles on ESPN. Now, I'm wondering, I don't think ESPN would have played that match had Jack Sock not been in it. Let's be honest, that's the reason why they aired it, is because they felt like, yeah, a lot of people will probably be down to watch Jack Sock, a top 10 tennis player, be playing in pickleball. All I'm saying is that I can imagine a scenario where the PPA gives a little wink, a little nudge, and says, hey, if you want this sport to grow, and maybe we got a little something on the side for you, but look, we really want Jack Sock to make it to, uh, to, make it to the finals. We need him in the finals. So what can you do for us to make that happen? I don't know. I don't want to get all conspiratorial, but... It is just a little bit fishy that a lot of teams along his path, a lot of guys kind of just fell off right before they played him. You know, and then all of a sudden he's playing on ESPN. I mean, it if if I was a PPA, 
I, I could I could imagine the PPA doing everything that they can to make sure that Jack Sock gets to at least one gold medal match so that way they could be on ESPN. So what are they going to do to make that happen? I mean, what if they paid Dylan Frazier, James Ignatowicz, a little bit of money to say, hey, why don't you just rest on the singles day, rest up for doubles, uh, and we'll give you a little payout, you know, just to make sure that Jack Sock can play against some easy opponents. I don't know. I, I, I don't feel enough conviction to say that this happened, but it would make sense. Maybe it wasn't even the PPA. Maybe it was Jack Sock. You know, he's got tennis money. He's like, look, I got to make this happen, all right? I know you're really good. I can't play you right now. And I know you're, you know, getting pickleball money. So here's a little bit of stuff on the side, you know, make you kind of comfortable. Why don't you just just take this money to uh, go do something special on Thursday instead of playing the rest of singles day? It's possible. I might also be way off base here, but when you're telling me that ESPN was at stake, I just think that there's so much money in that that it's possible that some people were willing to drop a little bit in their integrity to make sure that they had at least one Jack Sock match to make ESPN happy. So that's going to do it for our OS first North Carolina Open. Uh, but before we go, I also want to talk about some MLP stuff. So there was the shuffle draft. There were some interesting moves that were made. Nothing really too crazy. One thing that was really funny that happened is that Ben Newell got dropped from the Atlanta Bouncers. And the only reason that he got dropped from the Atlanta Bouncers is because the Bouncers picked up his partner that he plays with in men's doubles, Locklear. And if you remember, they both beat the Johns Brothers last PPA tournament. So it seems like because they beat the Johns Brothers last tournament, Ben Newell got screwed out of being on a MLP team. Uh, so kind of an interesting, ironic situation there. But one trade that ended up happening that I think is actually a win for both teams is the Milwaukee Mashers traded DJ Young to the Frisco clean cause for Matt Wright. So now that means that, first off, the Milwaukee Mashers have Lucy Kovalova playing mixed with Matt Wright. They're... Are they boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband and wife? I don't even know. They're just together, whatever. And they're partners on the pickleball court. So that's going to be great for them. Like, that's exactly what they want. So now Lucy Kovalova literally just has an MLP team with all the players she just normally plays with. So that's great for them. On the other hand, Frisco Clean Cause, literally one of the worst teams in the uh, Premier League. They now have DJ Young and Zane Navratil playing together. And those two are going to click a lot better than Matt Wright, probably with Zane Navratil. So I think both teams won this trade. Definitely a good move. Um, I'm not surprised that they both wanted that. It just makes so much sense. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Clean cost might actually get some wins now. So that is going to do it for today's episode. But before we head out, we can't forget about everybody's favorite game, Partner, body bag, winner off the net, the official Sorry Not Sorry podcast game. So I have three names that were texted me. I have no idea who they are. Uh, and once I reveal them, I will pick one to partner with. I will pick one to body bag. And I will pick one that I would want to hit a winner. Doop. 
off the net. All hypothetical, but still fun to think about. And I implore you to play as well in the comments or with your friends next to you. I don't know. Definitely comment it, though. Let me know what your answers are. So anyways, okay, so the three names are number one, Jack Sock, or my favorite nickname for him, Sack Jock. We'll see if that sticks. Number two, Anna Lee Waters. And number three, Yana Greshkina. Yana Greshkina. Okay, so who would I want to partner? Who would I want a body bag? Who would I want to hit a winner off the net? Uh, I'll tell you what. I definitely don't want to partner with Yana. I don't really have anything against her on a personal level, but one thing I noticed is that she always makes her partner match whatever she's wearing. I don't know if I have a red shirt and black dress, or I guess the opposite, a, a black shirt and a red dress. Uh, so that would not be easy. Even in mixed, she does it too with her husband, Ben Newell. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Not that I don't mind like coordinating with my partner on what we're wearing, but just seems a little bit much to always have to match. Even even with her husband, Ben Newell here, for example, I actually made fun of them on Instagram a little bit, just poking a little fun, just teasing them a little bit. He freaking blocked me on Instagram because he got mad that I'm always just like talking shit about his shirts that he wears. And I don't know, I guess it's not about the, the matching so much as it's about the actual choice. It's like, I wouldn't want to wear this like Hawaiian shirt looking thing. I don't know. Some people like it. Like if you're Travis Rettenmeyer, go ahead, wear the weird shit. Just not for me. So anyways, my point being, I would not want to partner with her. Um, but would I want to body bag her? Probably not. Would I want to hit a winner? I guess I, yeah, I, I guess I have to say I would probably hit a winner off the net. Yeah. So then it comes down to body bagging Jack Sock or Annalie Waters. Oof. I feel, I feel a little bit guilty about body bagging a 16 year old girl. Even if she did call me a cheating bitch, I still don't think I would want to do that. But also, I really don't want to body bag Jack Sock and piss him off. Because if he gets an overhead, he's going to put that in my throat. And that would hurt. Yeah, honestly, I care more about my safety than I do about winning a gold medal. So I'm going to partner with Sack Jock. And I am definitely going to have to just body bag Annalie Waters. And you know what? I'll justify that as, hey, don't talk shit to Elise Jones. Okay? You want to call her a cheating bitch? Well, you're a bitch bitch no that's not true i feel bad even saying that but still i'm gonna body bag you annalee waters sorry not sorry well anyways that is gonna do it for this week's episode thank you much for tuning in if you still haven't go ahead and hit subscribe make sure you hit that like button share this video with your friends uh and we will see you back next week for some more take care everybody thanks for watching forgiveness Saying sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, forgiveness.